Welcome in Tuesday edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And, of course, make sure you guys are following the show on Twitter, at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. And, of course, make sure you are also following Talk That Talk Media Company. That is the official home of Back and Forth, the exclusive partner, if you will, of Back and Forth when it comes to the media company side of things. Their Twitter is at TTT Media Company. The rest of their socials are at Talk That Talk Media Company, all spelled out. We've got football this week, Joey. We've got a big, busy football week for us. Yes, very busy. Um, we've got, um, we'll be doing Raiders on Friday. Um, that'd be a great game, by the way. That's a, for a, a preseason game, I feel like this is going to be a pretty underrated game. Yeah. Raiders and Patriots at Allegiant. That'll be a good time. Um, and then the following day, um, the opener. For you and the UNLV's chance to go one and zero, one and zero, man. I'm not gonna tell you what's gonna happen after that. You'll have to tune in Thursday. By the I way, I like their odds against Idaho State. Let's, yeah, let's that's, see. They're uh, favored by. There's not even a line. I don't think out there. They're just like, okay, UNLV's gonna win. Percentage wise, UNLV's got a 93 percent chance. So, so you're telling me there's a chance. Telling me there's a chance. Odds are definitely in their favor. Uh, but yeah, we'll have plenty on UNLV coming up for Thursday's episode. In fact, that'll be a UNLV season preview. We'll do a deep dive. So if you're big on UNLV football and big on UNLV athletics, you'll want to tune in for that episode for sure. Going to start with a little bit of basketball, and then we will transition into some um, some football. We have a little bit of college, and then, of course, season previews of the Bears and Lions coming up. Let's start with basketball, though. The story that broke today uh, from Shams uh, kind of – I mean, he kind of just slid it in this morning. He, he – the way he broke the news was a little bit funny to me because he actually put it in an article. Yeah. It's not like a typical Shams breaking the news where he tweets something out like such and such players going here. Like, um, and I'm, it's not really necessarily quote unquote breaking news. It's more so just speculation. Something, um, something to keep your eye on. Cause yeah. well, we're about to, we're about to get to it. Kevin Durant, uh, according to Shams, by the way, Kevin Durant, um, or at least the, the Memphis Grizzlies rather have shown interest in Kevin Durant, um, you know, kicking the tires a little bit. Offering oh. five, not saying the players they offered, but reportedly offered five first round picks, but they're not willing to obviously include Morant, nope. Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson. So that leads you to believe. What are they offering? Because you look at the Grizzlies roster. I was going to say, what this trade package has to be obnoxious. So you look at the, if, if those are the guys that are off the table and you also have to have the salaries match. Steven Adams. Okay, are you going to mm-hmm. trade Kevin Durant for Steven Adams? Next. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that's that's He's an interesting player. Like, he could give you something. Danny Green as a salary filler. Yeah, next. And Brandon Clark. And Brandon Clark is a is a he made all rookie first team. He's a decent player. Uh, put up, uh, you know, ten and five last season. In the second year, you look at um, Dylan Brooks putting up eighteen points per game last year. Uh, very good three point shooter. So essentially, they're trading Kevin Durant for draft compensation, and they're getting some solid assets in Brooks and Clark. Really can't do much with Danny Green. Still doesn't make much sense, though. Yeah, and then you get Stephen Adams, who is movable. Like Stephen Adams is a is a movable piece. Like you can acquire Stephen Adams and then dump him off for more picks. Like Stephen Adams is a decent enough player where teams are willing to trade for him. He doesn't have a terrible contract. Like you can find home. 
you can find a home for Steven Adams pretty quick if they wanted to. So that that the the Nets kind of leaked that whole Jalen Brown thing to try and get leverage. Clearly, they wanted to get their, their top priority was to get Scotty Barnes from the Raptors. It seemed like that didn't work out. Um, and then now you look at the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies aren't even offering their their main young guys. Like they're they're clearly not going to offer Morant. That was clearly not going to happen. But they're not even offering Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. Like they're offering Brooks and Danny Green and Stephen Adams and um, Brandon Clark. Like that just kind of shows that the Nets really aren't going to get what they want. Like the Nets won a whole haul in return for Kevin Durant. And clearly no team is willing to, they're willing to do it in the draft pick assessment or, or category, but they're not willing to do it in terms of players. Like they're not really getting the kind of players they're hoping to get um, for Kevin Durant, which leads to believe that the Nets are just going to have to settle or do they hold on to Kevin Durant? And is Kevin Durant open to returning to the Nets? Because at this point, if you're Brooklyn, it's like, I might as well keep him. Because, like, I'm not going to trade him for Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks and five draft picks that I have to hit the I have to hit a home run on every single one to get the value back for KD. Like, it's really not worth it at this point. But if, he's not, if he doesn't want to be there, and he's being very clear about that, like, the more clear he is that he's not going to return – is it's going to be harder for the Nets to get what they want for him because teams are like, he's not going to play for you either way. Like, you're just going to have to take a trade at some point. So it's just we're going to be in a low bidding war with other teams because we're not going to want to look desperate and we're not going to want to give you what you want, but we're going to be willing to give you just enough, a little bit more than the other teams. And I think that's how the market's going to continue to go for Kevin Durant. Like, that's probably going to be the best they're going to get for KD. And the best and the second best may be the the Jalen Brown and, and Derek White swap. Like, Boston may just straight out take out their draft picks. Like, I think the sign is, is that he's not going to return to Brooklyn, and teams are just lowballing them right now. Like, Toronto is not even offering Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam. They're offering OJ Newby and Malachi Flynn. Like, you're not going to trade KD for those two guys. So, uh, I think that's... And, and Miami's offering Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Like, please. So... I think that's gonna how it's gonna continue going for the Nets, and um, they're either gonna have to convince Katie to to return, or they're just gonna have to take the best offer on the table, which in my eyes is either gonna be that the, the Boston or, or Memphis deal, because um, at least with Memphis you're getting a, a, a haul of picks and two solid young guys that you can maybe flip, and a Stephen Adams that you can maybe flip, but other than that, they're really not they're really not gonna get what they they hope to get from. If this was four years ago. If Kevin Rand was 29 or 30, I think they'd have no problem doing it. Um, but considering he's 33 um, and it's pretty clear that he wants to leave Brooklyn, they're just not going to get that return. Yeah, I think I, I still stand by that Boston's the best offer on the table. You're, you're getting Jalen Brown in return. You know you're going to have Kyrie there at least next year, so you'll have a duo of Kyrie and Jalen Brown. It keeps you relevant. Um, Sells tickets. Yeah, the, I look at the Memphis deal. The only way that I think they take Memphis's deal is if they are okay with rebuilding. Like that, that I think if they take Memphis's deal, they're telling you we're planning for a rebuild. And if they take Boston's deal, they're they're more interested in staying as relevant as they can in the Eastern Conference right away. So I mean, I don't know if I'm the GM, I'm probably taking Boston's deal because I know I have a lot of years left still in Jalen Brown. Like, you look at some of those players that are probably in the trade package for Memphis. Steven Adams, I mean, the guy's been a journeyman around the league. He's been around a while. Danny Green, 
his best days were in Toronto, and then now they're kind of behind him. You, if you get Danny Green, you're going to buy him out. Danny Green is simply just Danny Green is in that trade as a salary filler. Yeah, um, and then I mean, th- that's why I don't think this works for Memphis because you take too many guys off the table. Like the only way. If I'm Brooklyn's GM that I even entertain Memphis's offer is if you're telling me that John Morant's in the deal. Because then at that point... Which they're not going to do. No, obviously not. That's why, I mean, when you take out John and you take out Desmond Bain and all like, to me, the interest level has to drop a little bit for Brooklyn because they look at this like, we're getting uh, basically two or three role guys, two or three guys we're going to have to buy out of their deal because we just don't want them. And draft picks that may or may not work out. Like... Jack Picks will be at the back end of the first round, pretty much. Yeah, and albeit we're giving this up for Kevin Durant. Like, at the end of the day, the fact that that Brooklyn still has not taken Boston's offer is a little bit shocking to me. Like, Brooklyn understands they're not going to get anything more out of Kevin Durant as far as him playing this year. I mean, I think Kevin Durant could be very much, we could be talking about him, you know, holding out games and, um, not playing because if you're Kevin Durant, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like people, teams know what you're get, they're getting when they get Kevin Durant. Like there's not a question of his talent. There's not a question of his game um, where he has to go out and keep playing to, you know, improve his draft stock, if you will. Like if you get Kevin Durant, you're getting at least 30 points a game. You're getting one of the most prolific scores the game's ever seen. Um, so I, I could very well, if he's not traded before the season starts, I could very well see Kevin Durant sitting out games until he is traded even more reason I think Brooklyn needs to move with a sense of urgency here and, you know, figure out exactly what they want to do in rather short order because, like we've always said, the longer you hold a player, quote-unquote, hostage on a roster, we saw this happen with Sean Watson in Houston where the trade he initially wanted a trade and the initial offers were huge. I mean, they were huge offers for Deshaun Watson. We're talking six, seven, sometimes eight draft picks you know, veteran players in return, like there, you could get a haul if you were Houston for Deshaun Watson, if you just acted initially on the trade, but you let it play out. You, you kept him there on the roster. And then he, I believe went to, or did he get traded to Cleveland? Traded to Cleveland. He got traded to Cleveland for, I mean, maybe. They got a decent return, but nothing to compare to what they were getting offered before, I think. Right. And I think the same could be Jimmy said. Jimmy Butler is a, another good example. Yeah. They just hold out, you hold out. And that's why, I, like, to me, if I'm a GM, I understand, like, it's hard to let go of a guy like Kevin Durant. Like, that is a franchise player that essentially wants to be traded. But you, as a GM, you always have to be looking at the big picture and what your team could look like in the next three to five years. Yeah. If you, if, let's say when this originally came out, that Kevin Durant wanted to be traded and that we started finally seeing the, the teams that were legitimate as far as, like, okay, we, we can't go to Phoenix because of this or we can't, he can't go to Miami because of this clause. Uh, but we found a pretty good partner in Boston. At that point, that should have been, you know, that should have been Brooklyn, I think, main focus. And by now, I think we should be talking about Kevin Durant have been traded to Boston. And, you know, um, we'll see what happens from there. But it, it feels like the longer Brooklyn holds out, one, I think Boston's offer decreases. Like, the because they're just going to start getting annoyed at a certain point. And they're going to go, well, we're just going to start giving you less. And that's more, that's, it's not even Boston. Any, any team... If they give you a, like an offer, you're really sitting there. You're like, wow, they offered Jalen Brown, or they offered Scotty Barnes, or they offered whoever. The longer you have them sit on that, is more time that Boston or Toronto is to sit there and think and be like, 
maybe we don't want to trade Jalen Brown. Like we just made the finals with Jalen Brown or right. Toronto's like, I'm not saying they offered Scotty Barnes, but just, uh, you know, hypothetical situation here is like Scotty Barnes just won rookie of the year. Why do we want to trade Scotty Barnes? Like we got to the playoffs with him as a rookie and him and Siakam could be a really good de- a duo in the future. I don't want to trade Scotty Barnes. So the longer you do that is the more time these teams sit there and think like, maybe we don't want to trade these assets. Maybe we don't want to trade these pieces. And Matt proved a very good point. Um, you, when a, when a player, especially of that caliber, requests a trade, I think you have to get him out of there within the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. If it's pretty obvious he's not coming back, don't sit there and waste your time to start. Don't sit there and field offers for months because people always say, well, there's no rush. We want to take the best deal on the table. Sometimes the best deals in the first two weeks. The best deals are always in the first two weeks because the longer you hold on them, Jimmy Butler is a great example. Matt used a great example, Deshaun Watson. Um, used another great example here in Jimmy Butler with Jimmy Butler was getting massive offers when he first initially requested a trade in the summer. Tim Rose were like, no, we're going to hold on and we're going to make sure we take the best trade possible. Jimmy Butler throws that whole tantrum. He makes himself to look like a, a quote-unquote locker room cancer. And what does Philly trade for him? Dario Sarge and Robert Covington. Yikes. Not terrible players. Yikes. But would you trade Jimmy Butler for those two guys now? Absolutely not. Would you trade Jimmy Butler for even five first-round picks? No. Exactly. Jimmy Butler is now a top 10 player in the league. And Jimmy Butler was looking like, this sounds like an exaggeration, but he was looking like LeBron in Miami last season. I mean, it is an exaggeration, but he was, was playing out of his mind in the playoffs. Yeah. You look at his game six performance in Boston. They lost that series, but he puts up 46 points in the elimination game and goes back to Miami in game seven, drops, what, 33, 35 points. It's not his fault he had Max Struess on his team. Right. So, I mean, he, he the, the longer you hold on to these guys, is the less valuable they, they become because you find out more about them. Um, it's more time for the media to throw shit in there and say X and X about a certain player. And that's also more time these teams have to sit and think and be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't trade um, our young players for a 33-year-old superstar who just tore his Achilles two seasons ago or a guy who just got swept in the first round. Like, I think the Nets really dropped the ball on this. And a lot of a lot of teams continue to drop the ball on this. I think Cleveland did a very good job in training Kyrie Irving. At the time, it was a haul. Like, it was a great haul. Um, now, that trade was pretty a, a, a lose-lose for both teams. But Cleveland did a good job. I think Kyrie got traded within the month. And they got an MVP candidate in return. They got a, a pretty decent role player in Jay Crowder. They got a, a first-round pick that belonged to Brooklyn. They got a young prospect in uh, Ante Zizic. They got a second-round pick. Like, they got a haul for Kyrie Irving. So... Uh, now that the, the trade really didn't really work out much for both teams, but I think they did a good job with taking the best deal on the table. And, and you could say it if you want with how it turned out now, but at the time that was a great offer. Like any GM would have taken that offer for Kyrie Irving. Um, so I think that's what you ultimately have to do. You have to see that there's an issue there, see that the relationship is beyond repairing and just take the best offer. Cause those best offers like me and Matt have both said come usually within the first month or a couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see what happens with one Kevin Durant as far as um, if he is traded before the season, and if not, I mean, it, it could play out to be a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of drama during the season, at least before the trade deadline for sure. But um, some uh, we're bringing back a segment, by the way, of back and forth that we did. Um, if you guys were with us with our radio days, we had this with Dom. Um, Usually before the, I think it was like the, it was usually the, I think the Monday before um, each uh, college football Saturday, we would go through, we'd handpick about four or five games and we'd pick them basically against the spread. 
um, you know, as far as our quote unquote little uh, gambling section of the show. Um, we're in Vegas, by the way, so you got to have yeah. it. Um, we, only, we only got three. We only got week, three, though. We, it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a snooze fest. We looked at the card and we went, oh boy, okie dokie. Uh, we'll start with the first game of the day. Um, this game is actually international. It is in Dublin, Ireland. Poor people of Ireland. Oh boy, uh, give them a better game. Yeah, I know. Why not bring Notre Dame there? Yeah. Why not Notre Dame? Oh, in? Notre Dame and oh my goodness! Why, I would, why that, is it Nebraska Northwestern? Yeah, no, Nebraska Northwestern, and what what might even be more shocking is Nebraska is favored by thirteen points in this game. I do think Nebraska wins, or it's close, and that pretty much gives away what I'm going to say here. I'm going to go plus thirteen Northwestern. Agreed. I think I. I'm okay. I'm somewhat confident Nebraska is winning the game. They are not winning by two touchdowns. Yeah, they may not even win by one. Like they they might win this game on a field goal. You're handing me 13 points to Northwestern. It's a Big Ten opponent. I don't care how many points you're handing me. It's like I said, a, a Big Ten matchup. You know these teams have always played each other really close. I think this is a gift. Plus 13 for Northwestern along or, or for me as well. Um, Joey and I matching up there. The next game, this kind of a team that's in not necessarily your backyard, but somebody that you're or a team that you're rather familiar with. Your Wyoming Cowboys go to Champaign, Illinois. To play the uh, fighting Illini, by the way. I, I love my pokes, but uh, Mountain West team on the road against a Big Ten team. Um, I like Wyoming, but I'm also not delusional. Uh, I'm going to go Illinois minus 10 here. I think Illinois should not have an issue beating Wyoming by 10. I don't think it'll be a, a huge blowout, but, you know, like a you know, 42-27, 38-20 kind of score. Like, they, they should be able to beat Wyoming by 10 points. Give me the 10. You're going to go Wyoming plus 10? That's interesting. I'll, I'll take Wyoming plus 10. Wyoming's one of those teams, like, they, if they, they're they well coached, by the way, and they run the ball incredibly well. Like, I think they could be smart enough to keep themselves in this ball game. I don't know if they win. I don't think they probably do, but I think Illinois lost some stuff, lost some pieces. Obviously you don't have Lovey Smith there anymore. Illinois was kind of, you know, down last year. I think they were below 500. I mean, this is a game that Wyoming could keep very interesting uh, going into, or going into Saturday rather. And I mean, again, it's another double digit dog especially opening week. I mean, Illinois could come into this game, especially being at home, maybe a little, you got the nerves going and all that. Yeah. Plus 10 for me for the Wyoming Cowboys um, going on the road, playing with a little bit less pressure, I guess, than maybe Illinois would be. The final game isn't even in the continental United States. It is in Hawaii, Vanderbilt going to Hawaii with Vanderbilt being favored by six and a half. If you want free money here, you're going to take Hawaii plus six and a half. This is scary because I like six and a half as well for Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> I like I'm going to go plus six and a half uh, for the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I don't know. Outright? Did Van- to start, yeah. To start, did Vanderbilt get a new logo? They may have. It's that ugly. Is, that is hideous. It's like the that V, is, isn't it? Yeah, that is yeah. worse than That might be they worse than UNLV. They should have just kept the old one. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I like Hawaii here. Even yeah. ESPN is giving them a 72% chance to win that game. Not that that means anything, but... Um. Yeah, I like the Rainbow Warriors here. They had a, a pretty decent year last year. Um, they continue to be a decent football team year in and year out. Um, UNLV UNLV fans know that, especially those UNLV and Hawaii games are always entertaining. And Vanderbilt has lost to Mount West team before, and pretty recently, um, lost to UNLV thirty four to ten when UNLV played a, a road game up there. So 
CSU did drop a ball against them last year, but um, Hawaii having home field advantage, I think Hawaii should not have too much problem with Vanderbilt. First game of the season, um, Honolulu is going to show out. They love the Rainbow Warriors up there, so I don't think they should have a problem with with Vanderbilt, especially when they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against, say, one of the worst Power 5 football programs in America. Agreed. I mean, like I said, opening week and I get a home dog, yeah. And and not to mention, I mean, this is a massive time change for Vandy. Like, they're, they're going from Tennessee to Hawaii. That's a – Hawaii is two hours behind us, correct? Right, and I think it's three hours from here to Tennessee time So that's change. a five-hour hour. That means they're playing this game at 12.30 Tennessee time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let me just make sure Hawaii is two hours back. I can't remember if they're two or three three hours. Yeah, I mean, they're playing this game almost at one in the morning Eastern time. Like, this is, or not Eastern time, rather, but, um, actually, no, I got that wrong. They're playing. Hawaii is three hours back. Three hours back. So it's six hours. It is 10 a.m. right now. It's, we're recording right now at 1.02 p.m. It is 10.02 a.m. in Hawaii. Yeah, so 10.30. Um, it would be 10.30 Eastern time. That would be, I guess, local kickoff time for them. Uh, Eastern time being three hours ahead of us. Hawaii being three hours behind us. So, so six hours. So this game isn't going to kick off in Hawaii until 4.30 local time? Yeah, four thirty local, four thirty Hawaii time. Yeah, seven thirty here, ten thirty four. That's why the UNLV games in Hawaii are always like late at nine or ten. You're like, yeah, these games are at nine or 10 because of the time change. So yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Uh, plus six and a half for me for Hawaii, especially at home. We match up on two of the three games. S- Sunday football must be interesting in Hawaii. It's gotta be seven a.m. games. I'm for it. I, I'm I'd get up at seven a.m. Seven a.m. games, and then you get the afternoon games at. Ten twenty-five, and then so Sunday night football is it's at like two in the two in the afternoon for them. Yeah, because we get it at like five twenty or something. like that. And then that. it's done at five. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I am all for that. That is sign me up for that. Um, well, let's speaking of Sunday football, we're gonna actually transition to the NFL and our season previews. Let's. Do you want to go with the Bears or do you want to go with the Lions first? We got both. Just a matter of which way do we want to go first? Um. We'll go with the Lions. I've been very high on the Lions. You have so been incredibly high on the Lions. The Lions might be a Super Bowl contender with oh my predictions. Oh, boy. The Lions booking the Super Bowl. Interesting. All right, Thank you, Hard Knocks. Let's uh, run through the schedule. Uh, you're not alone, by the way. There's a lot of people, after watching Hard Knocks, very high on the Lions. A lot of big expectations here. Like I said, they're just a likable team. They're a team that really respects and loves their head coach, and everyone there really enjoys coming in, it seems like. And that's that, that. That's a contagious. That's a contagious energy they give off. You know. Well, good thing for them is they start the year at home. They don't got to go anywhere. They start at home against the Eagles, Week One. I think I gave them a loss on this though, so I'm gonna go zero and one. I agree. The Eagles on this one. Zero and one. Next week they stay at home and they welcome in the Commanders. I'm gonna go one and one. Mmm. Yeah. Carson Wentz is. This is gonna be a close game. Um. Coin flip game, so I'll give it to the Lions. I can make a case either way, though. So we're both one and one for the moment. Uh, Lions go to the Vikings. Tough road game in the division. I'm going to give them the home game, so I'm going to give them a loss on this one, one and two. I agree. Um, Seahawks two and at two. home. Two and two. Okay. Even even at the Seahawks, it'd be two and two. Doesn't matter. Two and two. Uh, Seattle's going to be bad. I don't yeah. even think Seattle's going to win a divisional game, by the way. No. 
Um, they might, they might, they might steal the Cardinals at home. Maybe if they get the Cardinals on the back half of the season, I think they can mm. steal the Cardinals at home. Possibly, we'll see. Seahawks. I mean, people are calling them the Seahawks. So. Yeah, they'll be pretty bad. Uh, but two and two, uh, we're both at two and two after the Seahawks game. This is going to probably be two and three. Unfortunately, they have to go to Foxborough. Yeah, two and three. Yeah, um, and it doesn't get any easier. They go to Dallas the following week. Two and four. That yeah. game's a lot closer than you expect, though. I think the Lions put up a good fight, but Dallas, is, much like last year, if they're going to beat teams, they're going to outscore teams, and I think the offensive firepower will be enough for Dallas. I'm going to go, like, 27-31. to 31. Yeah, high-scoring game for sure. Um, after Dallas, they are 2-4. and four. They welcome in the Miami Dolphins. 3-4. and four. They beat Miami at home. Ooh, this is one of those surprise wins that catches people off guard. You're going to be pissed. Back-to-back losses. I mean, if you play Dallas close, I think they can beat Miami. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't... I'll give them Miami just because they have the Packers next week at home. I could see... I can't see this team losing four in a row. I think I gave a Packers... I think I gave... I did give the Packers a loss on that one. But overall, I think the Lions will go one and one in that stretch. They'll yeah. win either Green Bay or they'll win... Um, Miami, Miami. I'll give them the Miami game and just say Packers are going to beat them. So we'll go. We're both. I'm at three and five. I think yeah, we're both both three and five. Okay. So the following game after the Packers, they go to Chicago. This is a close game. At least three and six. Yeah, I'll give the edge to the home team. Um, Could be cold. Um, Lions playing a dome, so maybe weather plays a lot in a lot of factors. I don't know. Um, I gotta give the Bears some love here. Yeah, uh, like, Bears yeah. will probably win this game by like a field goal. It's yeah. gonna be a gross, disgusting, close <laughs> football game. Nobody's gonna watch this game, by the way. Um, so we're both at four and five. I'm at three and six. Three and six. Oh, that's right, three and six. We have the Bears uh, winning this game. So both are three and six. Uh, go to the Giants. Four and six. I agree. Home for the Bills. Say it. Four and seven. Yeah, four and seven. <laughs> Home for the Jaguars. Uh, they steal one from the Bills. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jaguars, five and seven. Yep. Home for the Vikings. Six and seven. Mm, yeah. We're both at six and seven? Yeah, this is... I would say Vikings typically, but this is a game the Vikings would probably lose. Yeah. This is very Minnesota-like of them to lose to the Lions on the road. Um, At the Jets. Seven and seven. Man, I did not want to put Detroit 500. But I think you're told right. you. I think told right. you, Matt. Seven and seven. They have a very favorable schedule. I'll give them this. Like this is one of the easier schedules I've gone through. Seven and seven is not outlandish by any stretch. We gave the Vi- I gave the Vikings eight and nine, right? I think so. Okay, this will be interesting. Oh boy. Um, at the Panthers, eight and seven. This is, I agree. This is another winnable game. I mean, what do the Panthers have outside of Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, eight and seven. At this point, and I ha- I hate to say it, but. CMC is probably hurt by this point. He's probably sitting on the IR table. Yeah, done for the year he's again. done for the year. Yeah. He's toast. It's, just, it's like clockwork, unfortunately, for that guy. Eight and seven. We're both in agreement to this. This is scary. Um, home for the Bears. Nine and seven. I agree. What's they, the last game? The Packers? At, at the Packers. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. The Lions get over 500. Wow. So they'd be second. And then the, I don't think the Bears will be anywhere near nine and eight. 
I don't think that's good enough for the playoffs. I don't think that is no. But I mean, it's nine and eight for the Lions, though. It's a winning record. Three and thirteen in one year. That's a huge. Yeah, I mean that is a winning record for the Lions. They and they may they may sneak they may sneak into the playoffs if they in that stretch we said they go one and one. If they go two and zero in that stretch, which I think they're capable of doing, that's a ten and seven football team. So Detroit's projected win total. Is six and a half right now. I'm gonna go over. Oof. I'm gonna take the over on that. Might have to might have to watch that for sure. Joey uh could be um that could be one of Joey's bets for sure. Yeah. Um it, I mean I'm not mad at over. Like we went through nine and eight. I mean, realistically, I see I can see nine and eight. The seal or the the floor, the basement for this team, I think, as far as the minimum amount of wins they're gonna grab is probably seven. And maybe they sniff out 10 wins as the ceiling. So, yeah, I mean, I think overs a decent, decent uh, prediction, especially six and a half. Uh, not going to argue with that one for sure. One team that may have trouble getting to their over win totals, the Chicago Bears. Oh, boy. To finish out the NFC North. Justin and Fields, I'm sorry for the record I'm about to give your football team. Oof. I mean, it is not a glamorous schedule by any means, and they have a win total of five and a half. So let's see if we can get to six wins for the Bears. Let's see. At home to start, but against the 49ers. 0-1. Yep. At the Packers. 0-2. Yep. They get the Texans at home. 1-2. There you go. There's one. Hope. Um, they go to the Giants. Two and two. I agree. I like Uh-oh. that. Uh-oh. Two and two. They go to the Vikings. Two and three. Yeah, it's a, it's a 10 a.m. slot, too. This is prime Kirk Cousins time. Um, 10 a.m., div- boring divisional game nobody cares about. Yeah. Yeah, two and three. Uh, at Kirk, home. Kirk, nobody's watching. All right. At home, short week against the Commanders. Thursday night football. It's a short week, so I'm going to give them... At home though, the Wash Washington's at home or Chicago? Chicago's at home. Three and three. Yeah, I think they get this one for sure. The short week games are usually ugly and usually favor the home team for sure. So three and three, they go to Foxborough. A little bit of a longer week. They they are off for about eleven days. It's a Monday night football game in Foxborough. I'm gonna go three and four. I'll go three and four, but the Bears could keep this game close. I right. think, um, especially having the extra time off. They, they could keep this game closer than people think, but Patriots will win this game. Uh, so we're both at three and four. They go to Dallas next. Short short week. Three and five. Yeah. Or sh- I guess short-ish week. They, yeah. they play Monday, then play Sunday. They're following Sunday. Three and five. I agree with that. They're at home for the Dolphins. Three and six. Yeah. I think two and, yeah, two and Tyreek are going to be good enough to beat the Bears, even on the road. Um, I mean, this is... In November, so you can make the argument that, like, oh, well, it could be cold. Mm, I don't even know if that's going to matter with the Bears. Um, three and six, I agree with that. They are home against the Lions. And I th- we may have both given this yeah, one to the four Bears. And six. So four and six for the Bears. We're at four wins. Their, yeah. their win total is five and a half, so we, we might get there. They're at the Falcons. Falcons are going to be bad. Five and six. I would say they're staring down a starting QB of Marcus Mariota. Five and six, I agree with that. Um, Justin Fields, by the way, is going to be carrying this team. Yeah, on his back 
unfortunately. Five and six is a lot better than I thought I'd have them at this point in the season. So, Well, we might have a six win on our hand because the following week they are in the Meadowlands for the Jets. Can they get to six? Let me give them a loss on this one. Ooh, surprise loss. You got to give the bad teams wins too. Yeah. Five and seven. I'll go six wins. I don't like it, but I'll go six wins only because it's the Jets. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're playing the Bears, so you can make the argument it's also the Bears. But I mean, I. Th- yeah, I'll give I'll I'll give this one to the Bears. The Jets are going to have a lot of distractions, especially with the whole Zach Wilson thing. I mean, we thought Deshaun was going to have distractions. He will, but equally, even when Zach Wilson comes back, I mean, yeah, there'll be some. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm at six and six. Wow, six and six with five to play. You are at five and seven. five and seven. They are back home for the Packers. Five and eight, six and seven. Yeah, Aaron owns the Bears in Chicago. Um, at home for the Eagles. Five and nine, Philly. Yeah, Philly. Philly's gonna be racing for a playoff yep. spot at this point in the season. Chicago's gonna be playing for for pride. So, five and nine. Yep, and I'm at six and eight. They welcome in the Bills. Five and ten. Yeah, We don't need to say much there. Yeah, exactly. Six and nine for me. Uh, Lions on the road. Five and eleven. Six and ten. They finish the year at home against the Vikings. TBD on six and eleven. Oh, this is their sixth win. I think they get the six wins. Again, like we say, not every game is going to line up here, but I think a good listening to that schedule – Six and eleven, I think, is a fair record for this Bears team this year. I'll go seven and ten. Joey just going over five and a half. Um, I, quite frankly, I'd, I'd probably say me barely going over five five and a half because there's some games that, that that's one you probably want to stay away from. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I I probably would not bet the total with stolen money, let alone my yeah. own. Um, I mean, there's some games in there that I I mean they could very well lose the last game of the year to Minnesota. They could lose at the Jets. I mean, they could, yeah, they could, uh, for my side of things, they could win the Jets one. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, for the show, I'll go 7-10, and 10, but don't go running to the bank or anything like that because yeah. I, it's it's one of those totals I don't feel great about. Like, there's certain teams that I feel really good about. Like, I think the Raiders are being very undervalued this this year for some reason. Right. I'm, we're both, I think we're both pretty high on the Raiders as far as, like, they can get to 10 wins, they can make the playoffs, they can, you know, sniff out maybe the division. Um, you know, th- that I feel be- better and more confident about than the Bears winning seven yeah, I games. I feel more confident saying the Raiders will be in an ASC championship game than the than the could be the Bears win total. Yeah. Um but that rounds out the NFC North. So we've got two we've more done, divisions I left. Say we've done the NFC East, we've done the NFC North, we have the NFC West remaining and the NFC South. Almost there. Almost there. Almost We've got there. eight teams to go until we are done with our NFL preview. We've done our uh, college football preview, obviously. And speaking of that, like we just a reminder, we'll have UNLV football, a complete season preview for you on Thursday's episode ahead of Saturday's opener. Make sure you guys tune into that. Again, thank you guys for tuning into today's episode of Back and Forth. As always, I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, at BackForthPod, Instagram is at BackForthPodcast, and of course, make sure you are following Talk That Talk Media Company, the official home of Back and Forth, Twitter at TTT, 
or yeah, TTT Media Company. The rest of our socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. We will talk to you guys on Thursday for some UNLV football.